Hi, and welcome to the Reclamation Project podcast. We are so glad that you're here, that you're listening, and hopefully that you are a part of the conversation. Today, we're, uh, we're doing something different. At least I, in my head, it looks different. <laughs> what it actually is, I don't know. Um, but uh, I, I want to talk about a subject today that I think a lot of us deal with and a lot of us think about. Maybe not deal with, but think about. And, um, and that's the subject of death. And uh, I don't want to be all, you know, dreary or anything like that. But I turned 39 a week ago and mm-hmm. uh, started thinking about it, like, within the first week. Hopefully that's not an omen for what's going to happen this year. But um, just really started contemplating what's what's death. And, and not only that, I mean, what kind of life have I led up to this point? And so it's, a, it's been a time of reflection. And as we come out of this conversation of regrets, I think it's a it's even part of that too. Is is uh, what regrets do I have that make me think about death? Make me think about the life that I've lived? And so uh, my mind's kind of a million places, but I, I think it's something that other people think about too. I mean, uh, I, I think sometimes we don't think about it enough, and sometimes we think about it too much. Um, I'm probably on both ends of that spectrum <laughs> at the same time. Uh, but I also think that um, it's something that we probably need to talk about and, and talk through. And, and so uh, I hope that you guys uh, listen in on our conversation. I, I have a lot of questions that will probably be open-ended. I have a lot of thoughts that will probably be weird and open-ended. And, uh, and Gary will probably try to talk me off a couple ledges here. Oh, we'll yeah. see how it goes. Um, but, uh, yeah, we just want to sit and and talk about um, death and the thought of dying and the thought of uh, what's it look like, what's it feel like. And, of course, we can't answer those things with 100% positivity because neither one of us is dead. But um, I think it's something that we can kind of ponder and think about and uh, and hopefully extract some cool stuff out of and uh, maybe, you know, it spurs some conversation with us all. And then I think in the complete backdrop of it all, as you talk about dying and death and how we think about it, you you have to bring it full circle and say, well, not only we think about death, but while we live, how are we going to live? That's got to be part of the answer to the equation. Yeah, so um, let's just talk about how I got here because um, I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, like I said, uh, just turned 39, and uh, I've kind of been thinking about writing uh, a book um, and as I started thinking about writing a book, uh, I, I just started thinking about like all the things that entangle us in life, all the things that we think about in life. And as I'm looking through um, YouTube one night while I should be writing this book and thinking, <laughs> thinking about it, I'm procrastinating, which I am a master at. Um, I, uh, I, I scroll through my YouTube feed of, of uh, videos that I might be interested in. And one of the ones that comes across, and I don't know why, but it came across, was um, uh, it was a video of five true tales of people who died, went to hell, and came back to talk about it. So it was all these people who had, who had uh, like uh, we, we've seen in the past where people say they've seen a light and they've gone to heaven and come back. It was people who had done the opposite, which has died and gone to hell and come back to talk about it. And and so as these people were telling their, these stories of what it was like to be in hell, it kind of literally scared the hell out of me. <laughs> um, it, it, it made me start thinking, 
um, you know, some some of the stories were so descriptive. They were so spot on with what uh, biblically we've been said has been said about hell, where it's a gnashing of teeth, where it's a place of torture, where it's a place of eternal darkness, um, you know, lakes of fire, um, you know, uh, it was all those things. And yet um, these people's description were uh, were, were so um, real to me in a lot of ways, and other ways they're kind of weirdly fake. Um, but they described what they saw, people being tortured, people being in anguish, people being, um, you know, in a place where they were just burning. It felt like burning incessantly, but at the same time, uh, their, their bodies were not withering away, but instead they were just staying whole, but there's this burning feeling. Um, and then one person said, I saw a whole bunch of religious leaders there, and I saw a whole bunch of people who thought they were Christians there, and it got me really thinking about that. And, and fast forward to the day after my birthday, and uh, my sister, who's about five years older than me, is going through some some uh, medical issues, and she had to go to the ER. And uh, she um, she had some of the same things, uh, medical issues that I have. It was what came out of it. She felt like she was having a heart attack, but... It was uh, it was really some of the same things that I've been inflicted with uh, health wise over the last couple of years, and uh, and it, and her, I think her degree was was further than mine, um, larger than mine. But it got me thinking. Well, if I don't get my health together, I'm going to be in the same boat. Um, and so it got me thinking about death and and you know that that my time is coming. <laughs> And I don't know if that's in 50 years. I don't know if that's in five minutes, but it's coming. Am I prepared for it? And then the the, ne- the last thought I had was I started after seeing these videos and, and hearing about my sisters and pondering how I was in the same boat. I started thinking through just the thought of, and I, I have a what I think is kind of an ability to put myself in situations that I can think that I think about. <laughs> And uh, I can kind of feel those things, and I can kind of, um, I, I don't know, kind of, kind of psych myself into situations and scenarios and feel like I'm actually encountering them. Mm-hmm. And so I, I started sta- staring off into space, maybe even close my eyes, I can't remember. But I started thinking about the thought of breathing that last breath. And then what happens? Is there a you cease to exist? Well, I hope not. Um, but that's what a lot of the world thinks is that when you breathe your last breath here, that's it. You're, you're worm food. You know, you're, you're a decomposing body six feet underground um, that you cease to exist. Um, and that's just kind of weird if you think about it. Just that everything you know is to, that you are done. It's just weird. And then I started thinking about the, this video that I watched and said, well, what if I'm one of those ones that Jesus says, you know what, you're lukewarm. I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. When he says that in Revelation, what if I'm one of those? And all those things that those people are saying, all those torturous anguish, all, all that all that uh, gnashing of teeth and, and pain was what's in store for me when that last breath comes. And then lastly, it was you know, what if I'm right? What if, what if 
you know, what I believe in uh, puts me in heaven. Uh, well, that's crazy, too. <laughs> you know, the, the thought of taking a last breath here, you know, whether it be getting in a car wreck or or just not waking up like Reggie White did years ago. Um, which was just kind of weird, you know, a guy who's about my age mm-hmm. now, um, just doesn't wake up one morning. That scares the crap out of me when I go to bed sometimes, you know, what if, um, you know, what if I get some bad diagnosis? What if all these other things, and it's not a fear thing, but it's like, Hey, that's something's coming, you know, it's going to come sooner than I think it will. Um, but what if in that last moment, that last breath, all of a sudden, I'm not here. I'm there. Um, and, and it's just kind of when you think about it and you think about how that will feel, when you think about how that goes down, when you think about the the breath going in and out of your body right now and it just ceases, it's just a weird, humbling, and awkward thought. And it can induce some fear. It can induce some anxiety. And and I'll be honest, it did for me in a in a a certain respect um but death is coming and are we ready for it and what what do we think about it well the good news is i think i can safely diagnose you as a classic overthinker oh yeah i am (laughs) (laughs) and uh oh i I get that i mean i i've experienced death and so it, it does it's real and it it does cause some fear. I remember, uh, well, the great theologian Woody Allen said, "I'm not afraid of death. I just don't want to be there when it happens." Like, okay, I could, I like that. But I remember growing up in a, in a pretty strict Baptist church where every Sunday we had Sunday night services. Sunday mornings were actual services. Sunday nights were fire and brimstone every Sunday night. And literally, the part where you talk about scaring the hell out of you. I, I went home uh, my whole 13-year age. So every Sunday, my whole 13-year of my 13-year-old self, I asked Jesus, if I if you didn't get into my heart last week, get come into my heart this week. <laughs> I mean, I was covering all bets, covering all hedges because he did such an amazing job preaching on hell. I knew that I didn't want to go there. But what you may be guilty of, that a lot of people are uh, guilty of, so once you, they call it stream of consciousness. Uh, that's how a lot of writers write. That the uh, Orson Welles wrote that way, and a few other ones. It, it just means you write and you don't stop. And if you don't stop your thoughts and try to organize them, stream. Picture that. I started thinking about death. Now the stream carries me to my last breath and to wonder if I'm not. I I'd like to when those moments come for me, I stop and you can for every. Uh, YouTube of a person who died went to hell. There's one that died went to heaven that can reinforce also my beliefs of uh, what I believe to be true about heaven. So I guess the question you're asking is uh, if we come full circle, what about death? And then in light of that, how do we live our life before death? I think that's got to be one of the questions that we talk about today. Yeah. And and, I mean, for me, uh, I haven't been around a lot of death. Uh, my, my grandmother died when I was 10. Uh, and I had a, a person that I knew recently who died. Uh, so Katie's grandmother died. That's it. You know, so I haven't been around it a lot. Mm-hmm. 
I've been around a lot of people who act dead, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, um, and uh, I, I don't know. It's just uh, I, I've been reading biblically uh, just about salvation. Um, I forget where I was reading the other day, and it, it talked about rest, and it talked about that that the 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 Israelites who um, who did not believe and, and did not. Uh, did not listen to Moses and and Joshua, how they would never experience rest because of that. That they didn't obey the commandments, they th- so they were never going to feel God's rest, and uh, and that's kind of concerning because these are people who who knew God, you know, who who of all the people in the world at that time they knew who God was. They had seen God move through the Passover. They had seen God move through all the the plagues and the locusts and and all the things in in um, in Egypt. They had seen a stinking what is it? Two rivers. It wasn't even just one river, it, like the Prince of Egypt shows. It was two rivers <laughs> that opened up and they walked across on dry land, mm-hmm. and yet they continued to disobey. And I often say to myself, "Well, you're idiots." And then I look at myself and I say, well, you've seen God move. You've been saved. You've, you've professed uh, to know Jesus, and yet you still do crap all the time. And you still go after money, and you still go after all these things that he says not to go after. Mm-hmm. You idiot. <laughs> um, but it, it makes me think, is, is there a place where it becomes... Uh, almost like a threshold where if, when you cross over this threshold, then you're not going to experience the rest. Like what is that? And that, that's the thing that bothers me the most about mm-hmm. death mm-hmm. is I can't, I, I know a lot of people say a lot of things about, um, about being saved and how you can never lose it. But I look at the Israelites and, and they were saved and then they weren't, you know, physically saved. And then they were told they weren't have rest. Um, I look at other people throughout the Bible, you know, Jesus saying in Revelation, you, you know, that you're like lukewarm water, I'll, I'll spit you out. He says there's people that he's going to say, depart for I never knew you, and they thought they knew him. So, you know, I, I guess my question is, is what actually makes you believe that that you are saved, that you are going to heaven, that you are going to experience that rest? Well, you do have to you do have to go back and do a little theological check and realize that salvation is more about him than me. Uh, for by grace I'm saved. So I accept that. It doesn't have anything to do with behavior up to that point. It has to do with belief. And and I know we talked off air about people who's, I, I would bet those that they talked about and Jesus talked about in Matthew 7 thought they believed. And then they said, uh, depart from me, I never knew you. I would, uh, we don't have enough background detail to know how they lived their lives, but I I have to go back and say they, that's why they call it faith. I, I have to believe that he said, if you call on me and you're uh, and you accept that grace that I'm saved um, with man, without that hope, I, I don't you're right. Death would just scare the snot of me. I I, you know, if some of you who know my personal story, I, I buried two daughters. I buried a two year old daughter and I buried a one year old daughter. So I have a. Uh, just an integral uh, acquaintance, uh, more than acquaintance. I have a relationship with death, 
And um, I, I don't like it. I don't even like to think about it. Uh, it scares me. I'm probably a little paranoid when it comes to my own health. Yet at the end, I, I, I go back to uh, and, and someone you know too, Jeremy, John Hallstrom, who's been gone probably about five years, used to go to the church we were at. A, a wonderful man who I watched him slowly die. I was in his room the day before he died. And he said, you know, I, ha- I have this strange peace, this strange peace right now. And he said, you know, he was having a hard time breathing. And he said, you know, Gary, I remember one message that you spoke. I'm like, really, John, 15 years, you only remember one. And he said, well, worse than that, I only remember part of that one. <laughs> yeah. He goes, remember the one you did on the 15 types of grace? And the last one was dying grace. He goes, I have that now. I'm not afraid. He goes, you know what I'm afraid of? How, the transition. Like, I'm ready to go, but, like, what's going to happen? How do I get from here to there? And the nurse said, listen, sweetheart, uh, we're going to pump you so much full of morphine. You'll close your eyes, and you'll wake up where you've been telling me the last two months you're going to wake up. And there was a sen- I, I left with a sense of peace in that, too. Uh, yeah, the f- fear, or actually there is a real phobia. It's called thanatophobia, which is a fear of death. And uh, the fear of death is paralyzing. And really what it does in the stream of consciousness, you can't, it takes you to, to very dark places. Like, I got to admit, I've never sat around and thought about taking my last breath. That That is a little morbid, and I'm looking at you different across the table. <laughs> <laughs> but again, that's what I, I understand. That, um, so it, it's not even a fear of death. I think at that point it's a, a confusion about is there life after? What is it? Is it true? Is it false? And that goes right back to, do I believe what I say I believe? Because that's what faith is. Faith is uh, of seeing something that you are believing in something you can't see, uh, trusting in something you can't see, but you've heard is true. And again, we, I think we have to go back to, to our interaction with God. Like you said, you've seen God move. I've seen him move. And if that's true, then I have to... I, my positive stream of consciousness that if that if what I know and experience about God is true, then I got to believe the rest is true about who I give my life to and what it looks like when I'm gone. I don't, I don't want to go anywhere anytime soon. I, I hear a lot of people say that, like, I'm ready to go home. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm not ready to go home. Yeah. You know, I want to, honestly, I want to live life to the fullest. I want to squeeze, if I could squeeze 99.9 years out of this, I want to do it. If I have a good quality of life and not so much, uh, as a fear of death, but I just, I, I appreciate life that he's given me. So, I mean, we both, we're both talking about this from the, we're both looking at a quarter and you're saying heads and I'm saying tails, but we, it's still the same uh, fear base, but it's not the fear of breathing our last breath. It's the fear of, have I put my trust in something that I really believe, or is it something I don't believe? Well, and, and for me, it's like, I, I believe it. You know, I, I was reading an article today where it said, um, said uh, uh, one of the kings in, in the Old Testament, they found a tablet and it's in Jerusalem now where that king is mentioned and said, he might actually have existed. And I'm like, no crap. <laughs> you, you've not only had that tablet now, but you had another tablet yeah. years ago called the Dead Sea Scrolls. So I, I guess it's not a tablet, but you had other writings that said it. So why do you discount these and you, you take that? Yeah. Um, it, it, I feel that way about a lot of things. I, I, I believe wholeheartedly that things in the Bible happened, that, um, you know, the things that, that, uh, Jesus did happened and, and I, I do, but when I start reading things in the Bible, maybe this is where other people 
come about too is I see I, I, I see multiple interpretations of what is being said. And uh and so I'm I'm almost wondering if my interpretation is correct. And and we talked a little bit mm-hmm. before this about that, but I look at Paul and I was reading in Second Timothy two uh the other day that it said it said if we are unfaithful he remains faithful um roman says he's faithful to forgive us if we if we call upon his name right um but then in other parts of the bible it talks about how um how you have to live a holy life and you um like in john where it says there's no darkness in god so we need to live in the light uh Furthermore, in Second Timothy, it says, "All who um, belong to the Lord must turn away from evil." So, so if I have to turn away from evil, if I have to live in light, well, but if I'm unfaithful, it says He's still faithful to forgive me. Those are kind of contradicting terms to me. Uh, another contradicting term is kind of what we talked about a couple of uh, months ago, which is. Uh, is the concept of faith and, and, and action and faith. Some people say you have to do all these things to get to heaven. Um, we have LDS, you know, who says you have to do all these things. You have to take the sacrament. You have to be temple worthy. You have to do all these things. You have, you know, other, well, well, Christian churches who, who say you have to do all these things. You have to be baptized. You have to, uh, there's one denomination that says you have to, ask for forgiveness for every single thing that you've done before you die or else Mm -hmm. you're going to hell. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's, there's other ones that say it's by grace that you're saved, which is what I believe. But um, still that there, there just always seems to be, okay, is my per interpretation of the Bible is the interpretation that I believe are the things that I'm focusing on in scripture is that the the way, you know, that we're supposed to live? Not only that we're supposed to live, but you know that that is it's right. Yeah. You know, and that I'm not missing something. And so I think that's kind of from a Christian standpoint where I say, yes, I have faith, um, and, and I know what I believe. But what if I'm a little bit off? Well, we've quoted this verse in in different contexts, but again, it goes back to what we talked about a few podcasts ago. I don't think that we really believe that God is a giver. I think we think he's a taker. And so if he said, as he did in Jeremiah 29, I know not only do I know my plans for you, but my goal for you, my plans for you is to give you hope and a future. So wonder if when you look at it, so I can look at a problem from a negative perspective or a positive perspective. I can try to get what I want from it. I could feed my fear or find my hope. So I wonder if I said those verses weren't contradictory. They were actually complementary. Uh, yes, I'm supposed to live holy and, and I'm supposed to live in the light. But when I fail, now I can ask forgiveness and he'll forgive me. So therefore, they're not contradictory anymore. They're complementary. That's about a mindset. And you draw your mindset based on what you, the person you believe in. So if I believe he loves me, if I believe he died for me, uh, if I dare to trust that he loves me, and uh, I love the last line that Brennan Manning, use, Brennan Manning uses in Rag Muffin Gospel, uh, dare to trust that I love you just as you are, not as you should be, because no one is as they should be. I so believe that. So I think we strive for holiness, 
And when we don't, the complimentary verse comes in and says, you know what, I'm you're going gonna to forgive you of that. that. To me, that doesn't sound contradictory. I, I choose to look at that as complimentary. So as you're saying that, I'm thinking to myself, okay, well. You're going to good cop, bad cop me? No, no, oh. no. I'm not going to. Um, is, is I hear that and I believe that. Yeah. But when I go through life, um, you know, I, I, I strive for holiness, but then I fail. Mm-hmm. And when I fail, that's when I start wondering things like this. Correct. Right? It's, oh, am I good enough? Oh, am I, have I done enough? Oh, and, and I know that's, that's kind of a workspace mentality. But I also wonder a lot of times when I start thinking that is that's when when it starts creeping in. Okay, okay. What if what I believe about how you be, become saved is wrong? What if my perspective on those verses is incorrect? What if um, what I believe isn't correct? So I, I guess, and I'm asking this not only for myself but right. for people who are listening. Absolutely. But how would you say to dispel that? Well, I mean, the Bible t- talks about itself as truth. And so, you know, Bible, what you learn in theology class 101 is let Scripture interpret Scripture. So uh, I'm always careful who I read because you can pick up two different commentaries and get two exact opposite interpretations. So when it's like I do with, with people. Like when I don't know something about somebody, I go back far enough until I do know. And what I do know about God is uh, he's a loving God. And if I'd say I believe all those things, like I believe he sent his son, he saved me, and by that grace I am saved, it's going to be hard to find the negative piece of that uh, or or to try to find – I mean, I think I would be silly to always try to find the loopholes. So so me, an uh, inferior human being, is going to try to find a loophole in an omnipresent, omnipotent God. It sounds kind of silly. Again, it does go back to – what faith is and faith in who he says he is. And uh, again, if I wanted to sit to make a list of, of all the times I've seen God and how he showed himself, it would be enough evidence for me to say, you know what, I got to, I got to believe this all the way. And you know, what? and so funny. And so those of you who uh, know me for a long time, known I've wrestled, I'd love to, to wrestle with scripture. I want to, I want to make sure I'm, uh, uh, getting what he's been trying to tell me and i've kind of changed my concept on hell this will bug a lot of the baptists i know um i think if you ask me now and and if you ask me today what's today today's a, a thursday uh if today i i kind of think hell more as separation from god is uh souls i, I think you cease to exist um the fact of a the picture that lady painted of a uh, a person roasting over an open flame for eternity kind of co- contradicts a loving God to me. Cease to exist seems like total total and complete separation from God, which, by the way, is the definition of of hell. Jesus used a lot of the illustrations of Gehenna as a way to get their attention. I mean, so, uh, and by the way, the church the church manifests itself by it propels its control by guilt and, and fear. So if I can stand up there and make you think you're going to burn, uh, you know, John, I think with John Wesley's uh, sinners in the hand of an angry God, like 
it was it was great. It it scared a lot of people into heaven, I think. But I'm not sure it was the uh, proper uh, view of God. Like, I, so if I if my God is a loving God and not an angry God, He gets angry at sin. He doesn't get angry at me. Um, it it when I know what I know about Him, then how what I believe about life after death seems to fit much more clearly and much more snugly in my theology. See, and, and to me, as I hear your thought on that, it scares me just as much. Because you don't want to be soul-sleeped if you're wrong. Yeah, I, I, you cease to exist. I mean, it's kind of like the Avengers, you know? <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah. Is all of a sudden you're just blown away in dust. Yeah. It, it, that's just a crazy thought to think about how that would feel. Yeah. Or not feel, you know, to, to not feel again, to not breathe again, yeah. to not speak again, to not think again, to not exist. That is just... Well, you can't even fathom that. It's unfathomable. Yeah. I can sit there and I can ponder and it just, it's crazy to think about, but, though. But if you have 20 minutes to ponder something, why do you want to ponder that and not ponder how good he's been to you and how blessed you are and how grateful you are for what he did? Why do you want to ponder uh, the things that kind of scare you and and the conscious the stream of consciousness that takes you to an even darker place because i'm glass half empty yeah <laughs> don't you know about this yeah, shit? No, I know. okay yeah. and sometimes you're there's not a glass on the table as well there so isn't I, in fact mine is half empty right yeah. now i need some more water um you know as, as you said faithful or, or as you said our faith um one of the pieces of scripture and i don't know if i should even bring this up but i'm gonna bring it up um one of the pieces of scripture that really screwed with my head <laughs> as I as only I was, one only one I got a bunch. um is uh is Hebrews 3:14 Hebrews messes with my head in general it messes with everybody's head so, so I've read a lot of Paul and, and a lot of New Testament over the last year um and uh, I haven't gotten into the gospels but I've been reading all of like you know Paul, Paul James John all, all the, that, yeah. yeah I don't like revelation either that's that's weird too um well, that'll scare you yes uh, but the one I didn't dive into is Hebrews, so I started trying to dive into it a couple of weeks ago when Pretty all heavy. these thoughts were going through in my head. And uh, in, in 314, it says this. It says, uh, for if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we share in all that belongs to Christ. And this is where the rest thing came from, by the way, is through, through three and four. That, that's where it talks about rest. And, uh, and that right there is just kind of scary because... For if we are faithful to the end, trusting just as when we first believed, I, I can tell you right now that I, I don't feel the same way about God that you know what, as, we, as when I first believed. I was on fire. I was yeah. on this mountaintop, and now it's like I've come down into reality, and I feel completely different about God. And that that kind of makes me think, you know, in a lot of ways, it's like, am I really? Uh, well, is I, it I, good, I different, or bad, different? Because we were talking about that off the air when it comes to marriage, like. When you first met Katie, you were pursued her, and you were on fire, and then you got married, and now you've settled into how many years have been married? Uh, eleven in uh, August. Eleven in August, and you don't live every day with that passion of pursuing a girl. You, in fact, you you've settled into a norm of a relationship where you may love her deeper, and and more thoroughly than you could have loved her before you knew her. So. Uh, again, I knew you were going to, when you read that verse, I know you're going to pick that out that you were going to say, well, to the end, uh, could have been a description, but you chose to say, what happens if you don't live that way to the end? I mean, I, that, I guess that's a, a fair question, but it's not a fair question. If you know, 
the God who he's talking about. He's saying, I think that's more a verse about perseverance, persevering to the end, which doesn't mean if you don't persevere, you don't make it. That would be a works theology-based salvation. But So you may have settled into a relationship with God that is deeper and more real, not fluffy, uh, romantic like it was when you first. That doesn't mean you don't love you love Katie more today than you loved her before you got married. And and that because you've had experience and relationship, you've had good and bad and tough and wonderful. And so if you base it on that, you, your relationship might be better with God today than it was when you were first saved. Well, the other thing I struggle with, too, is, is and we talked about this a little bit, too, right before we started. There's a lot of things coming out, but we only talked for like two minutes. So, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, But it is the thought of... You know, all the things that in the Bible that say, if you believe, if you believe, if mm-hmm. you believe. But then, and, and that's one of the things that you said to me, well, you know, if you believe, then call upon the name of the God and believe that, that you'll be saved. And I countered that with, well, even the demons believe, you know, according to the Bible. So they believe he exists. Yeah. So I, I guess, you know, with that is. How do we know our belief is genuine and not just circumstantial? Like, hey, I can be an archaeologist, and and I actually just watched a, a show on this five nights ago, um, which was uh, a guy going to fi- figure out if he could find out where Jesus was born, hmm. and if and if these things really happened, like they said in the in, in the Bible. And uh, he was brought to the manger wasn't a manger according to the people, the archaeologist. It was a cave, hmm. you know, and, and the inn wasn't an inn; it was a guest house. Um, so. Um, but those people who are doing this, they believe that Jesus was who, a, a person. They, they believe that th- things happened. Um, but, you know, is their belief really truly belief? And so when I see that, I start saying to myself, and maybe other people do too, is my belief truly belief? Or is it a, a different, is that terminology used uh, differently from what I think about myself and what I believe to what Jesus is saying truly here. And, and so how do we get past that belief? And I guess that comes back to the, even that threshold question that I yeah. threw out a couple minutes ago is, is where's that threshold that, that says you, you are going to heaven or you are in, in your words, ceasing to exist or in other people's words, going to a lake of fire and, yeah. um, you know, enduring all that for the rest of eternity. You know, again, like we, we always seem to do on almost every podcast in order to clarify what we're talking about. We, we say it's important to define terms. So, you know, Muslims, I was talking to a Muslim man a couple of weeks ago. He acknowledges that Jesus was a prophet. He acknowledges that Jesus' feet walked on. Muhammad does. Correct. Yeah. And, and he made no bones about telling me uh, my Jesus looked more like him than he did me. I said, I guarantee that's true. But there's a difference between acknowledging that he existed and trusting and believing in what he did. And that, I mean, if he didn't, it wouldn't, I mean, those are the qualifications for faith, uh, believing in something I can't see, but I believe it is true. So you can acknowledge the demons acknowledge that Jesus exists. They haven't accepted him as their savior, nor could they, as scripture tells us. But so, yeah, I, it all, I think sounds like it's coming from a, a fear, uh, not so much of death, but a fear of life. And am I living it right? Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's kind of how, you know, you, that way you believe and we talked about this a little bit too is that how do i know believe i believe and you came back with well l- look at your actions after 
And I said, how do I know those aren't manufactured? How do I know it's not, hey, I read that I'm supposed to do this, so I'm doing it. And it's, you know, it, it, it's kind of that work-based mentality rather yeah. than truly knowing. But I think uh, to a certain uh, respect that how you live your life going forward, not only in belief, but in the, in the aftermath of thinking of death, is going to change. Yeah. It's going to change you. It's going to change what what you're focused on, and and so that's the hurdle that I need to to really get over next. Is okay. I've thought about death. I've thought about all this stuff. I've I've in depth really thought about these things, and it's a little bit morbid, but, and it's a little bit messed up, and it's a little bit <laughs> dark. Um, but what am I going to do about it? Well, and to backtrack a little bit, so you had said on several podcasts in the past that. When you were younger, you were kind of selfish, a little narcissistic, but I said that or you did. Well, whoever (laughs) said, whoever said it, we were accurate, (laughs) but, but when I look at you now, like you have a heart, you were late for a podcast one day because you stopped and ran through a a jack box to get a homeless guy, something to eat. Where did that heart come from? That's not a selfish heart. That sounds like a heart that might've been changed or been invaded by the spirit of God. And who said, you know, give to the the least of these, you know, and to do that. Uh, So, again, I think sometimes when we let the stream of consciousness take us to the dark, we have to remind ourselves, you know, not only have I seen God work out there, I've actually seen him work in my life. I have a different viewpoint. Uh, We just did a camp with 68 guys, 35 from the rescue mission. And uh, one of our leaders in our group got up Sunday morning and said, I can't believe I'm here because the, the me of 20 years ago never would have shared a camp with you guys. You know, heavy tatted, uh, ex-drug addicts. Uh, their their life stories were horrendous, even worse than you've ever seen on TV. But they've encountered Jesus. The, the, the thread they all had was they just can't believe God loves them that much. And uh, so I got to tell, I was sitting around the campfire, about 10 of them. I'm hearing their stories, which made me weep. And I say, you know what the funny thing is, guys, I've been in church my whole life. You guys sitting here right now may love Jesus more than half the people in the church I'll go to Sunday. Because Jesus said, whoever's been forgiven the most loves the most. Look at you guys been forgiven. And these guys are, you know, big, burly, hard, tough guys and just crying, realizing how much he loved. One guy said, I can't wait. I can't wait till I die because I know it's going to be better than my life. And after hearing his life story, I'm like, I agree with him, you know. So it's just a different perspective of death. He looks, you know, while we, you and I hold on to life, he can't wait to get rid of this thing because it's been nothing but pain and torture and sadness. And if Jesus is true, I'm ready to, where's the bus? I'm ready to leave. So, again, it's it's all perspective too, right? Yeah. Well, and talk about your your ultimate reframing is, you know, they look at it and say, I can't believe how much he loves me. And I look at it and say, how much do I have to do? How much more can I do? <laughs> yeah. You know, have I done enough? Yeah. Um, and, and I think those are total pol- polar opposites, you know, is totally look how much he loves me that I don't have to do anything. He just loves me. And yeah. he, 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 he wants, you know, me. And I, I'm sitting here thinking of what else can I do to, to redeem myself? You know, and I know. But that, theologically, that, you know, that's incorrect. I, I know, but, but that, that's, when I go to and I think about these things, right, 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 is my mind goes to, man, I really screwed that one up. You know, it, it, it looks at the glass half empty. It looks at all the things that I've done and says, man, I, I need to do better. I need to do more. I need to do these things in a different way. 
but their their thought right there is is wow despite all these things look at how much he loves me look how much he loves me i lo- I, I was reading from a, a a quote out of a book i'm reading called all is grace by brendan manning and that'll tick some people off i know but that's fine but he talks about uh he went and lived in a cave for seven months didn't see a human being or hear a human voice for seven months he wanted to be alone with god and he said one night he was struck by how much god loves him and uh, he said i went outside and i shook my fist at the sky and said god are you crazy jesus are you out of your mind to love me that much uh, and if you read his bio, he struggled in life to the end, but he didn't. He wasn't afraid of the death. Um, actually, he was more afraid of life, based on all the crud that happened to him in his childhood. So it is perspective. And again, you got to stop and go back to what is true. What is true is I don't have to do anything better. Have I messed up royally? I may mess up tomorrow, uh, but that's not what my salvation is built on. It's built on grace and that He loves me. And I've got to believe if that's true, then death, as much as I don't want it to happen, is still going to be a good thing, not a bad thing. And people say, well, that's just naive hope. Well, the Bible says hope deferred or with your heart doesn't have hope. It makes you sick uh, or makes you worry or makes you stressful. So I choose. Um, I remember arguing this kid at ASU and he, you know, he had just enough Bible to try to throw stuff back at me. And I'm like, just don't insult me by telling me you've read the whole Bible end to end and you've come up with these sets of equations. The truth is you've done what a lot of Christians do. You have your belief and you build a, a straw man around your belief. Uh, I mean, and I and so you can say that about me. I choose to believe uh, this and I scripture. I make sure scripture backs what I believe in this. And uh, again, I don't want to die. But uh, if I do, I have to believe if everything else is true about God that I've experienced in 60 years uh death is better it was so good that uh paul really messed up everybody in philippians one when he said uh to die for me to die we're going to kill you paul that's all right for me to die is gain well then you're going to make you live he goes well good for me to live is christ and so like he was just confounding them and uh you know you wonder i I remember watching paul the story of paul thinking what would have happened in life if he would have lived in 90 could you you know what what he did in just a few years of his uh transformation and his salvation uh, I think I think weird things too. I mean, you're not the only one over there. I, I extrapolate strange things out like that, but at the end of the day, it's not even a fear of death. It's more of a fear of, of my belief. I think, like, if I invested a lot of these years in something that's true or false, and I know push come to shove, if you were sitting with an atheist right here, you would pull out from your life experience of being saved all the verses that you're questioning right now. You'd you would. Use them with him as if they were 100% true in your heart. Well, see, and that's where iron sharpens iron, right? Correct. It's because as I'm sitting here listening to you right now, you said those that hope worry about death. I worry about death, so automatically I flip that equation. I worry about death, so I must not have hope. Yeah. But then you you come back, and and that's how I felt is, okay, I must be wrong. I must be off. I must not not be a Christian. I must not be saved. I must not be all these things because all these things that I've done— in life and how I'm feeling right now. And feelings screw you up in a lot of ways. Feelings right? lie to you. But then I hear you say that, that and it brings it all back home to me and says, oh, you know what? Yeah, I would do that. I, 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 I would be able to articulate and, yep. and and talk about all the things that are done. And just cause With I'm, the assurance to him that he knows you believe what you're yeah. saying. And just because I'm feeling this way right now and just because yep. I have, have had this week or two of, of thinking about these things doesn't mean it's what... I am doesn't mean it's who I, you know, 
where what what's going to happen to me it doesn't mean i'm 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 all these things that that i've been thinking are no. opposite of what uh what you a said person who's going you but know, you're in good company too if you look at scripture so first kings chapter eight you know elijah just gets done with one of the greatest battles against Baal on mount carmel and he goes up in the cabin up into the cave and says hey where are you god i'm all alone just take my life like where did that come from? Well, that's what I was talking about earlier. Is it's like you idiot. You just saw yeah. God move, and and now you're doing this. And it's just like the Israelites. It's just like half the people. But then I look at it, I'm like I do the same dang yeah. thing, and I don't even realize it. Yeah. You know, I, I I'm sure if if a book was written of my life and I looked, you know, looked back on it, I'd say the same thing. Is you, you, you idiot? idiot. <laughs> well, what even, are you doing? And, and doubt is healthy. Honestly, yeah. I think doubt is healthy if if you try to dig into it. So. You know, the very first time you see John the Baptist in Scripture, here he is, this nut in a hairy cloth costume eating bugs, saying, prepare the way, here comes the Lamb of God. The very last words we read in Scripture coming out of John's mouth is, is he really the one, or are we waiting on another? That's not, I mean, that is not a good exit vocabulary. He was, (laughs) you know, and, and all Jesus didn't come to rescue him. He just said, hey. All those things I've told you, they're true. People are, the lame are walking, the blind are seen. You know, John, what he was saying to John, you know the truth. Well, for a man who sat there and baptized Jesus, and as the scripture says, audibly heard God's voice say, this is my son of whom I'm well pleased. You know, you you sit there and look at his last words and say, you idiot, (laughs) you know? Yeah, but you want to beat yourself up for feeling that way? I think it's part of the natural progression of life too. I, I think, so what it does is when you have these moments, Instead of letting the stream of consciousness take you away, I think you stop and go running back to the things that we know are true and get that. Re- well, you said it. Iron sharpens iron. That's what discipleship is, a safe place to share out loud and have someone else say, you know what? Have you thought about this? You're like, thank you. I think sometimes we just have to let our ears hear what our mouth says. Yeah. And when we do, we're like, OK, that's stupid. We're- well, it's kind of like, you know, yesterday I, I'm sitting here thinking about all these things still. And, and I just said to myself, I need some Jesus. <laughs> I, I, really, I really need to kind of like have this uh, yeah. IV of of uh, truth coming my way because I, I I it's that run I need to run back I need to I need to be filled up again because yeah. obviously uh, this stuff is emptying me you know to a point where I'm starting to not not doubt doubt my eternity but but question no, it's things affecting about your it. daily and start yeah starting yeah. to impact my 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 thought pattern so I need to have that iron sharpening iron I need to have uh, a, a time where I'm, I'm in the word, where I'm, where I'm in tune with God. And, uh, without that, I, I do get to a point where I start doubting. And, and, and I think, and I was actually thinking about this the other day is I think that's what messes a lot of us up. And it's messed a lot of people up over, you know, the scope of even American history is I, I think it's very easy when you're not inundated with, uh, prayer, with scripture, with, other believers it's very easy to just move into this mundane type of mentality where it's all about that next feeling it's all about that next uh moment it's uh, it's all about the things of this world um and and I, i think that that's something that we need to continue to as as we are believers continue to to pursue is is pursuing uh, the thought of getting into these things and, and, and being involved in these things and coming back uh, to these things that, that sustain us yep. and, and not these things that, you know, just uh, continue to, to move time by quickly. 
And and again, so when you're out in the world and you're sitting with someone, that's when you realize how real your faith is. When you're sitting next to someone who just lost somebody or uh, these guys telling a horrific story. And I can be feeling bad about myself in the moment, but I can go. How is it that I can go back and draw upon all those things I like? As I was talking to this guy for camp, I'm realizing like this is more of a pep talk for me than it is for you, you know, and, and those that's that's your, not only why we interchange with believers, but that's why we talk to other people. I, that it strengthens our faith every time we tell that story. But you're right, we kind of get caught up in life, and those the stream of life takes us way way down, and next thing you know, we're uh, we're we're in a place that we don't even really believe anyway. Um, and I know we're not alone here. It's funny because. Uh, here's two at our old church uh, we'd both i'd left you'd left our other senior pastor had left and we went to a funeral of one of the people that was at our church and he had a, a long agonizing death it was it was hard to watch and as our old senior pastor and i were walking to the gym for the you know the celebration afterwards he said i don't want to die that way and i said no i don't either and he said i i just want to be walking down the street and have a guy jump out with the uzi and go and then i'm dead i'm like wow, why do you have to be so dramatic? I just want to die in my sleep, you know? <laughs> but both of us are like Woody Allen. Like, I'm not afraid of it. I just don't want to be there when it happens. And I think if death scares a believer, it's not so much what's after, but kind of like, how's it going to happen? Yeah. And 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 I do I do know, like, I can think right now that if I pass right now, my first thought would be, uh, I want to watch my kids and grandkids, you know, Ray. You're, you've got young kids. Like, I don't want to depart uh, them now and miss everything. But if God is true and he says, I know my plans are better for you, I got to believe I have to believe above uh, above my little puny, finite brain that what he's saying is true. Well, and that's what propels me after I think about all this. Is it's like, OK, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. What, what do I do with it with the thought of death? You know, is first of all, you know, I think about my kids and I think about my wife. OK, well, I want to impart as much as I can on yep. my kids. As I, I was just telling you as we're standing outside is um you know i tried to tell my daughter the other day who's five (laughs) you know my my wisdom at 39 is hey you have to take care you only have one body you have to take care of it you have to you you have to you know stay mobile you have to eat well you have to you know do all these things for your you got to stretch you know something i didn't learn until stinking 35 is you got to (laughs) stretch which is why i have a hurt arm and a you know everything else on my body hurts right now Mm -hmm. but um that's another story for another time yeah that's another Uh, podcast but uh nonetheless is i start telling my daughter okay hey you know is you know i know you're five but if i can just get this in your ear you know plant a seed if if something happens to me you know two weeks from now you've got it and and it's kind of kind of reminds me of um it's a episode on the office and Michael, the boss, is, te- is shooting a video for his son, who isn't born yet. He's not in a relationship. He uh, he he doesn't have a, a bun in the oven. Nothing like that's going on. But he he just realizes, hey, I'm getting older, so I need to video. I need to tell my kid how to shave. I need to tell my kid about every little thing. And that's kind of how I feel coming out of yeah. this. Is I need to try to impart as much wisdom on my kids while I'm here, lucid and you know, yeah, and, and able. Um, because who knows when that's coming? Um, I need to love on them. That's the other thing that that's coming out of this is 
hey, I, I just want to love on them and I want to I want to let them know that I love them because I might not get, get a chance to hold them to to hug them to to do all these things that I'm doing right now. Yeah. Um, and with that is just we talked about it uh, 10, 20 podcasts ago, but being present. So when I'm home, I want to be present. And that's the hardest thing in the world for me because I have a phone and uh, it, it, it messes with me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but again, that's that same theory. Like yeah. either we believe that God, who is our father, like you, you want all those for your for your kids and you want to love. And does he not also love me more than that? Of course he does. So he's not going to punk me. I know God is not Aston Kutcher. He's not going to punk me at the end. I'm going to die. And I stand there and he goes like, gotcha. Yeah. You cease to exist, you know. Uh, yeah. And and that's how I feel today. Today, I, today it ceased to exist. Tomorrow, it may be. I mean, part of me, I, I one of my guys I meet with all the time is a universalist, and at the end, he's got extrapolated out his thought that at the end everyone goes to heaven. I'm like, it, you know, in theory, I wish that was true. You know, in theory, I I wish that was true, but I mean, you'd have to really manipulate scripture to to believe that. But all that is is someone who's trying to manipulate manipulate uh, a thinking because he's afraid of what cease to exist or eternally in hell would look like. So you kind of created his own theology or believe someone else's creation. And so again, it's, in fact, what you did today out loud for those listening is you gave an action plan. You know, you, we always like to leave with something, you did that. I need to get more in the word. I need to iron sharpens iron. I got to be around other people. I have to uh, catch myself before the thoughts take me way down there and go back to the beginning. So, I mean, you, you did that already today. You gave them an action plan. Well, and then I got I got to love. I got to take uh, take every moment as yep. it could be my last and enjoy it yep. and be present in it. Uh, you know, it's weird. Is like because I I always I, I don't have a will. Somebody was just saying like <laughs> you don't have a will. And well, first of all, I got nothing to give to anybody. But I said I always thought uh, a little bit of a, a fear like of death thing. I always thought like. I'm finally going to do the will. I'll finish it Thursday. Then I die Friday. And then everybody goes, well, I'm sure glad he did that will. And so I thought, like, if I could manipulate the cosmos out there, if I don't do a will, I could live long. And that just that, that comes out of a fear of death. We all have that to some degree. But at those moments, you got to put the brakes on and go back to what we know is true and uh, change the stream of consciousness from a negative one to a positive one. Well, I think that encompasses a lot of stuff. Yeah. And, th- and there's more we can go into, right? Because, I mean, you could go into the whole Calvinist thing. You go into a bunch of different theology, yep. um, which I almost want to do. But at the same time, we are really long so far. Um, maybe there's another one coming up that we can talk about. Those there's other podcasts to do yeah. this on. Uh, but so if you're here and you're listening, hopefully we didn't freak you out. And hopefully uh, we didn't uh, make you think, man, these guys are wearing all black, which we are today. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, we, we hope that you enjoyed it. We hope that it helped you. We hope that, um, I mean, this was a conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, th- th- this is not a whole lot planned. We're just talking about what we're thinking. And so maybe you've thought it too. And hopefully if you are, this helped. And uh, it helped flesh out some stuff for you. And if you haven't, hopefully it helped too. So, um, we're just glad that you're here. Um, glad that you listened. We hope that you can uh, share this with someone. We hope that you can uh, take it and uh, enjoy it and get something out of it. And uh, we hope that uh, through this all that uh, we're all changed because of it. So yep. uh, have a great week. Um, we'll talk to you next time, and uh, we'll see you.